You're listening to LeBeau's Life Lessons. Tune in and go to LeBeau'sLifeLessons.com for more episodes. Share, like, follow, and subscribe. And remember, you can change if you truly want to. Welcome to the LeBeau's Life Lessons show. Go grab your kinfolk because today we're going to talk about a weighty topic. This is going to be the last installment of this series. We were talking about willpower, 88 secrets to self-discipline, and this is the end. Um, so we are going to be addressing that. Now, I have missed a couple because I've, I've had life to do. I actually went down to Baton Rouge, Louisiana, and I received an award for all of the contributions I've made over the last 16 years um, of just being in the community trying to help my people. And so this, what I'm doing right now is part of that. It's just part of my purpose. It's really just me sewing back into the community. And so I was on with that. Shades of Success, check that out. That is the organization that awarded me and 11 other wonderful women who are making a difference. We were all just so, um, just so humble to be a part of that. And uh, they're gonna keep going every year. And where else do you see a, uh, yes, my people are black. <laughs> Um, the reason why I laugh is because we have these discussions all the time. I'm not going to get sidetracked, but I'm a, I am a Louisiana Creole, which many of them will not, um, acknowledge this, but that does make us inherently Latino. Some of us Hispanic. So it's kind of like a, some of them are not mixed. I'm a mixed um, Louisiana Creole. There are some that are not mixed at all. Just want to be very clear. So um, when I say my people, I mean the black community. But Shades of Success, they honor black women who give back into the black community. There should be one in every state. This one is in Louisiana. There needs to be one for every state because nobody sows more into the black community than black women. And we are behind the scenes. Most of us never even think about getting rewarded or recognized. That doesn't happen most of the time for us. We don't receive support many of the times. Many of us are coming out of our own pockets doing everything that we can with what we have. I was honored to represent the many black women that I've known who do the very same thing. And we have worked shoulder to shoulder helping each other and black men as well. And I'm just, these people came up with the idea, let's start recognizing black women who do this. And it makes me get choked up just thinking about it. So um, I put on TikTok that big lust all right, so our whole series, we've just been talking about, in general, dealing with different issues, habits that we want to break. We talked about addiction. We talked about weight loss. We talked about all that. 
I said lust today because why not? People deal with lust. So uh, you can tell when people are dealing with lust or any type of preoccupation when they always constantly talk about it and they want it always in their world. Now we can get deeper into that. But if you have any questions concerning lust, you can put that in because we are going to be talking about how to change behavior practically, okay? And um, you know what? I need. I forgot to add my camera so they can see what's on TikTok. Hold on. Let me let me share what's on TikTok too. Hold on. I have to screen share. All right. Okay, I should be good. Great, okay, they can see you now. All right. So today we're going to be talking about the extension curve, extinction curve, how to rewire your brain and change your behavior for good. Now, we this was 88 secrets. So now we're on 79 and we're going to finish all the way until um, 88. Okay. So let's go. All right. Now, let me do my little my little um, disclaimer thing. Welcome to this episode of the LeBeau's Life Lessons podcast. In this episode, we will be discussing how to practically rewire your brain and systematically change your behavior. We will be exploring different techniques and strategies that you can use to rewire your brain and promote positive behavior. We will also be examining different studies and research to help understand the science behind the process. We will also be discussing the importance of setting goals and creating an action plan to help you stay on track. So join us for this episode of LeBeau's Life Lessons podcast. And this is going to be recorded and uploaded to LeBeau'sLifeLessons.com. And though I may sometimes sound like it, I am not a psychologist, but I used to be a uh, counselor and I used to deal with addiction um, patients. Okay. All right. So number 79. Number 79. Going to 88. The extinction curve. How do you be you change your behavior by resizing your opinion of it? In the previous episodes, we talked about how your societies, your communities in the area, era and area that you live dictates your moral values, your value system. OK, and so they have told you what is a big offense and what is a small offense. Right. In certain communities, there are certain things that other communities do. And we think, wow, that's horrible. Whereas they don't think so. It's not that bad. On an individual level, you can start to promote changing a bad behavior that you deem bad by resizing your opinion of it. So, for instance, 
since we're talking about lust, let's say that as a, a man, you don't feel that it's that bad to flirt with other women. Okay. But let's say that you have a lust issue. All right. And you are trying to re, uh, curtail that behavior for whatever reason. You need to go from thinking that's not a big deal to making it a very big deal. You know, you can do that same thing with any type of emotion or perception. For instance, if you have someone in your life that's giving you a negative opinion about yourself and it really brings you down and you've already determined that this person's opinion is negative, is not fruitful, you can resize the value of their opinion. And I've done it several times. I use all of these tactics on myself. I just decide that person's opinion doesn't matter anymore. Now you may say, oh, well, that's, that's just common sense, right? Just decide you don't care. That's easy to say when it's somebody that you don't care about. When it's a significant other, People have a hard time detaching. So I would employ this tactic on myself whenever it's in that, you know, scenario where I have someone that I actually really care about after realizing that some of the things they say about me or think about me is actually not good for me. I decide consciously to make myself not care about what they think. And it works so fast. I've trained myself to be able to turn off emotions when I want to. And that came from my knowledge of how to control my emotions through the study of psychology. It's the same thing with addictions. Now you may say, well, how can somebody use a tactic like just deciding something doesn't matter or someone doesn't matter to kill an addiction? Well, you don't. Over time, you systematically switch your opinion. And you take this thing that you're doing as not so bad into a, a very disgusting offense. You can even do it with work. So let's say, for instance, you have a problem with coming to work late. Okay, it's not really that bad to you. However, if you would magnify the negative about it, magnify the negative the things people have been saying the fact that you may not be put up for a promotion because of this behavior the fact that it may annoy a lot of people growing that emphasizing that in your mind systematically will make you tame yourself and train yourself to want to be more prompt more on time okay if you want to get over somebody that you used to have feelings for or have feelings for, magnify the negative that they do or did to you. So say, for instance, in the past, you took them back a thousand times for cheating on you. However, now magnify every little thing they used to do to hurt your feelings or get on your nerves. If you do that over and over again, you're going to change, you're going to take that person, you know, theoretically, you're going to take that person out of the good category and put them in the bad category in your brain. 
and suddenly they start to look a little bit unappealing to you. And eventually they're a non-option. There are certain things that aren't an option for you ethically. You can put whatever you want into that category. Even the bad behaviors that you really think you really like, it's only because you've been giving yourself a pass. You understand? What have you been saying to yourself to convince yourself that that is okay? We need to change that narrative in your mind. So remember how fast or slow you move towards something or someone is determined by the stimulation strength or pressure of the reinforcement. So let's say if that person, you know, they're, let's say they're pretty attractive, okay, to you right now. The more you do what I'm telling you to do to magnify the negativity about them, the negative traits and experiences you've had with them, their stimulation will decrease, okay? That will weaken the strength of their stimulation upon you. And now, after a while, you won't feel pressure to give in anymore. And you can do that with anything, even lust. Okay, so if you're that guy or girl who likes to flirt and you want to curtail your, you know, infidelity issues or lust issues you have, you need to magnify the negative consequences associated with that. How it looks to people is one thing to consider. So there's many things you should consider with that. Just one example, number 80. Change your environment to a place that holds you accountable. So you know how I talk through this entire series about changing your environment, changing your environment. How does that really change your behavior? I'm going to tell you how. When you only hang around people who reward you for your good behavior and those people also look down on you for your bad behavior, eventually you will adapt to what they think is good and what they think is bad. Now, we do this naturally. Remember, I'm always telling you, go with how your brain already works. Your, your brain already works like this, guys. I, will, I could put you at any place in the world and you will adapt to the societal norms. In the unwritten rules, you will adapt through osmosis, okay, observation. When you have issues that you need to change, you can purposefully do this to yourself by implanting or trans transplanting yourself into a different circle that actually looks down on people who do what you do. So let's say, for instance, if you have that lust issue that I was talking about. If you have that lust issue, get around people who are holy. Get around people who are disciplined. Get around people who look down on people who cheat, who lie, manipulate. Eventually, you will start to look like them. 
another way that you can reinforce this is to purposefully respect people who look down on your bad behavior and find a group of people who are like their mini me's. So let's, one of the things that I used to do with my uh, addiction patients is I would create um, a scenario in their mind throughout the session. And I would say, think about somebody that you hold in very high esteem. And they will come up with this person. It could be a relative or, you know, a superhero or somebody that they really, even if they're dead, somebody they really admire. And I would say, what do you think that person would have to say to you about this? And you would find, I would find, that these people already know what is right. They already know. It's in them, okay? And they already receive that as truth. They just don't know how to walk it out. And I'm going to talk about that later. So my advice is when you have that avatar, that person, in a list of their character traits in your mind, let's say you, let's say ladies, you respect Michelle Obama, or let's say that you respect, um, I don't know, uh, Angela, Angela, uh, Bassett, anybody create mini me's who are the Michelle Obama's in your life? Who are the people who are well-educated? They're in a political space or they, you know, they care about social impact and all of that. Get around those ladies. Okay. Angela Bassett, she, she loves being healthy. Get around those ladies, ladies who look like Angela Bassett, mini me's getting into their little groups, their little chats. When I wanted to learn more about tech, I joined a black girl tech group and we all sharpen each other. We give each other advice. So that's how you um, shift your behavior because when you're around them, you're going to feel the vibe of disapproval or approval. You'll want to start earning their approval. That means you have to change some things about yourself. All of these little things help push you forward towards the new, the new normal, the new you. Everybody talks about new, new year, new me, but they're hang, hanging around the same people. And that's next to impossible. This is the reason why you have some relatives, for instance, that go off like relatives or loved ones, friends. They go off into a different place. They move away for a few years. And you notice that they are so different. They're so different because now their community has changed. And they look more like that new community than the old. All they're doing is adapting to their new surroundings. And you can do that on purpose. I always elevate my group. Always. Always, always. Whatever you want to learn new, even if it's not breaking a bad habit, if you want to just... Just take yourself to the, to the next level. You have to find people like that. Okay, 81. Redirect your thoughts, okay? Because you are in control of what you dwell on. I always say, 
Your thought life is like a television set. When you turn it on, there's going to be something that you don't necessarily like. What do you do? You flip the channel. You keep flipping until you find something you do like, and that's what you dwell on. Okay? You're not in control of everything that pops on the screen, but you are in control of your pause. What are the thoughts you are pausing on? Now, since we're talking about lust here, you're pausing on the lust. Okay? You're pausing. And that's the issue. Okay? Learn to redirect your thoughts. I do this all day, all day, all day. Train your mind to immediately recognize thoughts that sabotage your goals, thoughts that sabotage your mood, thoughts that ruin your self-esteem. Interrogate those thoughts, confront them, and then dismiss them. Redirect, focus on something else, change. You hear yourself about to say something negative, change it midway. Don't even complete the sentence, okay? So your thought life becomes your world. Your mind is your world, okay? Everything around you is a manifestation of that. So if you don't like what's happening in your world, you have to change what's happening in your mind and you are the orchestrator. You are the director of your thought life, okay? Number 82, change what you are hearing regularly. Change what you are hearing regularly. If your environment doesn't change your morality and intellectual capacity, you will be limited to the morality and the capacity of your current environment and therefore limit your ability to elevate yourself. Going back to changing your circle. This is where it's most impactful. Your circle will change your societal view of what is right or wrong. This is why people can be morally um, one way and then go to college and then their morals change. It adapts to the environment. This is the reason why I homeschooled my kids all the way into college because I wanted them to have a firm foundation in their morality that would not be easily shaped by the time they went to college. I have one daughter in college and I have two more to go that will be in college this fall. But aside from the morality issue, the capacity issue is huge, huge, huge. Guys, I cannot stress to you enough I'm trying to find the words. The Bible says, my people perish for lack of knowledge. There's so much that can change in your life if you just get around people who are smarter than you are. There's, it doesn't mean that the people around you don't love you or not worthy of you, or not worthy of going into your future. They just, they just can't take you any further. You get what I mean? 
they have a value. They're there for a reason. I'm not saying throw them away. You have to get into a different circle so that you can grow and you can come back and add value. So when I see a lot of people going through things and they keep going in a cycle, a cycle, a cycle, that they can't break, I know that it's just as easy as just going into another place, in another realm, another position, another environment to come to be trained up on some new skills. And it's not just about, um, it's called upskilling. It's not just about challenging your morality, guys, but some people, their morality is intact. They have strong values, good values, good principles. But even with all the good principles in the world, their capacity to understand, to elevate, is still limited because of their environment. So even with their good intentions, they can't go that far. So when I say that I elevate my circle, it's not because the people in my path or in my past aren't good enough or smart enough for me anymore. It's just that they can't take me any further. I have to get further or I won't be able to turn around and give anything back. It's very, very uncomfortable to get into new environments where people are better than you. They have more integrity than you do. They have more intellect than you do, more sense, more logic, better reasoning skills. Because yes, you do get that vibe of feeling like you're the idiot. But I, I always tell people, when you are in an environment where you feel like the idiot, you are in the place you need to be. Until you aren't the idiot in the environment, don't go anywhere. Stay there. Stay there and grow. Be challenged. Let them poke at you. Let them tear you apart. It's called redlining. In business, redlining is when you have an idea. It's an idea for a business. You go to the smartest people you know with the best business sense. You get them all in a room and you tell them your idea. You put it all on the table. Then you let them attack you. You let them rip the idea to shreds. What about this? What about that? Have you thought about this? I don't think it's gonna work. You let them do that to you on purpose to validate your idea. And if after your redlining session, you still have something solid, then you know that it's good enough to move forward with because not every good idea we have, we should move forward with. I'm saying that morally and intellectually, we need to be redlined. And you can't get that experience around people who are always, oh baby, you did so good. Oh baby, I get it. I'm so proud of you. That's comforting, very comforting to be about around mama and them who always have something positive to say, but your adversaries prepare you for a greater future. Okay, why? Because they make you aware of your flaws. The flaws that your friends and your family 
are afraid to mention or they cannot see. I'm happy when my adversaries expose me to me because I'm going to walk away better. Number 83, address the core issue of the matter. Then make a considerable investment to stimulate change. So one of the reasons why people go round and round and round with their issues is because they don't actually understand the core reasoning, psychoanalysis, something everybody needs to be educated on. Understanding how to get to the actual cause. I remember I heard a story about a company organization that wanted to provide water to a certain area in Africa. It was a certain little community and they needed clean water. The only source of clean water they had was this little well and everybody had to go to the well in order to get water. People have to walk for a long time to get there. And then they would have to crank this big old thing and you know, to get the water out. And so this, is, this was a process that the people observed and they, oh, I can't believe it. Oh, we're so privileged. I can't believe these people have to walk miles to get their water. They have to go and, and it's so hard to get this water. We have to do something. So they got this idea to transplant this invention and it will harvest water for the people and they would just, you know, come pick it up. And they would have these multiple. So people weren't walking so far anymore. Great idea, right? They even got the attention of a huge company that funded the entire thing. They went over there. They put these little contraptions there. And they left for like a year. They trained somebody in the village to maintenance them. And later on, they came back to see, you know, what, what else can be done and, and how things are going. When they did a survey of the people there, they found that the people were very dissatisfied with this contraption. They said that the contraption is harder to work. It doesn't crank out as much water as the previous thing did. It takes a long time to actually get the water out. And then um, the machines always break down. So when the guy isn't there to fix it, they have to wait for a long time to actually have it fixed. So they actually wanted to go back to having their one little well cranking thing. And when the people heard this, they, they were kind of dismayed because they spent a lot of money to do this initiative, and the people were seemingly ungrateful. But the reality is that they didn't really take inventory of what the people really needed and what would be best for them. They just came in to do what they thought was best. The core of the issue was not fully analyzed. 
this is something that a lot of organizations fall prey to. They try to fix a problem or put a Band-Aid on it without really understanding what are these people really going through and how can we really solve for that on a level that makes sense for them. You cannot solve for a problem you have if you don't know the real issue. You will put a Band-Aid on the issue without actually fixing it. So if you're a smoker and you want to stop smoking, you go and get your Nicorette gum, but not the counseling you need for anxiety that makes you smoke. Stop trying to put a Band-Aid on your problem. Find out where and whom epigenetics it comes from. Because some of these problems we have, we inherited. They don't really belong to us. And if you understood the patterns in your family, which a lot of people call generational curses, science calls it epigenetics, it would empower you to actually break those chains. Now, one way to reinforce breaking that chain is through making an investment, okay? Making an investment in some way towards better behavior makes it easier for us to choose a single outcome and continue to work to strengthen that behavior. So for instance, if you make a down payment or make an announcement, let's say I'm gonna buy a home this year, that is reinforcing for you to, like it's motivating for you to do it because you just told everybody you're gonna buy a house or you made a down payment on the house. Now you really have to get out of that bad spending habit you have or else you're gonna lose your deposit and you're gonna have a problem. Make a considerable, something that's big for you, something that, you know, some type of consequence, create a consequence for yourself if you don't do it. What will happen if you don't do it? And that will help you to be accountable to yourself, okay? It makes you want to make sure you avoid the consequences because now you're invested. A lot of people don't change because they don't have anything to lose. Nobody knows they have this issue. Nobody really cares that much. Nobody's nagging them about it. So there's no real immediate consequence for them, so they just continue. And I'm saying that the mature thing to do is to give your own self a consequence. Number 84, find what motivates you towards good behavior in the form of a challenging environment. Find what motivates you towards good behavior in the form of a challenging environment. So some people try to reward themselves for, you know, doing something good, right? They give themselves some type of treat or some type of reward. Um, it's not enough. You have to be in a challenging environment. Giving yourself rewards is reinforcing, but it is not enough to really break something that has a strong hold on you. And I just wanna add a nugget here. People who try to shirk work, for instance, and people who deny their mistakes are people who don't feel safe 
in challenging environments. So that's compounding the negative behavior. So if you already, let me show you how. If you already have a bad habit, if you're the type of person who doesn't really like to put effort in and you don't like to admit when you're wrong, you're really probably not going to ever fix that bad habit because you don't like being challenged. You don't like putting in lots of effort and you don't like being told about yourself. You notice that people who are like that, who have that type of attitude, typically stay stuck in their ways. Okay. Number 85. Identify what and whom triggers the bad behavior and create a new thought path. So again, let's bring this back to lust. Identify what is stimulating you and triggering you. Identify who is stimulating and triggering you and create a new thought path. Everything you do is a thought path, is literally a path on your brain. So if you've ever seen a human brain before and it has squiggly lines on it, that's the paths I'm talking about. Those happen because of neurotransmitters. When you're born, your brain is very smooth almost. So there's not a lot of squiggly lines. As you get older, those squiggly lines get deeper and deeper and deeper because you're doing the same thing, mean thinking the same thing over and over again. We have our little routines. The lust issue that you have or the problem that you have is actually a thought pattern and path that you have. It's a pattern that you created. The great thing about the brain is neuroplasticity. So say for instance, let's say the brain is like a field of grass. If you walk down a path over and over again, you will start to see a path form that you created but if you were to take a different direction one day and you start going that way back and forth, that other path will get overgrown and now there'll be a new path. That's literally how your brain works. So our brains aren't like our bones. Our brains can change and that is why people can kick addictions, okay? But you have to understand, again, psychoanalysis, what and whom? Some of you have a lust issue or overeating issue or an anger issue because you are triggered by stress. Smoking issue, drinking issue, you are triggered by stress. And you have created an association between your stress and that thing. This is why different strokes for different folks. This is why everybody has a different poison because of you have chosen that to relieve your stress, okay? Nobody did it to you, you chose it, okay? So let me give you an example of when someone triggers you. When two people are deprived of two different things and are reinforced by opposite things, they will have conflicts and be incompatible so this is why some of you are like oil and water. 
the is is basically this. You are motivated by two different things. Okay? You're both looking for two different things, and that's why it's so opposite. The thing they're looking for and the thing you're looking for is so opposite. You guys clash. Okay? That's the meaning of division. Division. Two different visions. Okay? Look at the core of your deprivation and the significance and you can tell whether or not you will always be in opposition with the other person so look at their look at what they're motivated by and what you're motivated by when you're in a relationship especially those little arguments that y'all have may, may never, ever end. They'll just get bigger and bigger and bigger. If y'all are two different, have two different visions, you're both motivated by two different things, it's a wrap. Don't do it. Because people can have a lot of, they can enjoy a lot of years together. Don't get me wrong. But, um, and I'm not trying to divert from what I'm talking about here. But you don't want to be tied to somebody that emotionally triggers you over and over again because you're both too different. It doesn't mean you, you can't like each other or be, be there for each other or friends with each other, but I would not be married to that. Okay. But when it comes to breaking a habit, there are certain people in your environment, you know who they are, that trigger you trigger your stress and then you reach for whatever that thing is and you'll notice so when you find the core issue that that uh that provokes you to stress then look at what you start reaching for eventually you'll be able once you get to a certain level you'll be able to say wait a minute why am i reaching for this Ah, I'm stressed. I always do this when I get stressed. And you can stop it. That awareness is key. Number 86. Change the way you think of yourself and begin loving yourself in the form of self-care. Change the way you think of yourself and be loving, begin loving yourself in the form of self-care. I tell a lot of people this and a lot of people don't believe me because they are not aware of self and they don't know anything about psychoanalysis. But a lot of people are killing themselves on purpose, just subconsciously, slowly. And I can see it in the way that they behave, how they carry out... When you see a person who lives recklessly, they don't want to be here. They may seem like a YOLO type of person. You only live once type of person. Um, that on the outside, they try to make it seem like I'm just living life to the fullest, blah, 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 blah. You dig into that. They really just don't want to be here. They're reckless because they don't really care about themselves. And usually it's tied to somebody that they believe should have cared about them that didn't. They stop caring about themselves, and now they don't really have a lot of value on their life. So they pick up these bad habits, and they don't really care what happens. 
in the in the long term. Motivation trumps emotion most of the time. Okay? It's like you emotionally don't want to go to work on Monday, but the money motivates you anyway. Okay? <laughs> so that motivation trumps your emotion in that in that instance because money is a high motivator because it can be exchanged for other reinforcements. But most people are driven by what reinforces them um, more than what they're emotionally drawn to. For instance, um, let's say that emotionally you're drawn to a certain person, but you are more driven to be with a different type of person because of the reinforcements associated with that person, okay? So since your brain already works like that, put a reward adjacent to good behavior. For instance, I like workout clothes. I haven't bought workout clothes in a number of years. And that is because I am only buying myself workout clothes once I meet a certain weight that I wanna hit. That is me putting um, a reward adjacent to my goal. So when I walk past a lot of those cute outfits in the store, I really wanna grab them, but I stop and I'm like, nope, you haven't earned that yet. That's a little way that you can reinforce yourself. So what is it for you? What is something that you can reward yourself with for doing good? And please don't let it be food. And don't let it be something like, you know, getting drunk or something like that. A girl's not out. Don't, don't do that. Don't reinforce your, or reward yourself with another bad behavior. But find something that will be personally rewarding for you. Number 87, we're almost done. Borrow what works for others and adopt what works for you. Develop principles and rules of thumb to apply for yourself. I did a series once called The Principled Woman, and it's all about women developing their own personal standards and principles. And I gave some of mine that I live by that other women can borrow and just settle on whatever works for you, right? Um, but you need to have principles in life. You need to have principles. If you have no principles, you can tell. You can tell when a person has no principles or values, okay? You need, and this, let me tell you why this is so important. They say that when you persuade a person to do the right thing without giving them a course of action, they are left to their own reasoning skills and capacity and capability to fulfill that, okay? Usually they can't because if they had those tools, they would have been able to in the first place. So when you give advice, remember this, when you give advice in the future, don't give it unless you can also offer a plan, okay? 
Now we know there are certain people that we love that overtalk us and they will not allow us to give them any advice. And while you're trying to give them the advice, they keep cutting you off, cutting you off, cutting you off. There's nothing you can do. I'm not talking about them. Persuading somebody to do the right thing isn't enough if they don't know how to follow up. If you know, help, okay? It doesn't mean they don't want to do right. They need tools. This is what my show is about, okay? I stand before you as the reigning queen of bad decisions. Capacity is important for women to have, especially disadvantaged women who come from where I come from. I recognized that a long time ago, and I thought to myself, I want to help other young women who come from where I come from to build capacity so they would have the tools to escape like I did. This show is about that. I'm helping people think their way out of situations. That's it. Just passing along what I've learned. Okay? So even with yourself, guys, let's say, for instance, you finally resolved within yourself that you're going to get healthier, you're going to, you know, stop wasting money, you're going to stop wasting time with certain people, you're going to give up that bad habit. You, you need a plan to follow up. You need to give yourself tools. And you can get some of those tools by, again, changing your environment. But you have to YouTube University. You, you got to go out there and read. You got to go and do some classes and do whatever you got to do to arm yourself with the capability, with the capacity. And finally, number 88, what have you been doing in an effort to control yourself? Number 88 is enforce your standards around your problem. Enforce. 87 was you need principles. 88 is you need to enforce them on yourself. What, how have you been trying to control yourself? Do you just say it? What's the proof? Nobody knows but you. What have you kept yourself away from? When you have these different issues, you can approach or you can withdraw. Approach or withdraw. The good habits you want to adapt or adopt, you need to approach, and the bad habits you need to withdraw from, okay? So my question for you is, have you really been putting in the effort to withdraw? So this is one of the very key things to, of the 88, of changing your behavior. Now, this is going to be uploaded. The four upper, other episodes have been uploaded already. 
I'll upload this probably tonight or tomorrow to be there. Share it. Um, next time we're going to get on the series that I've been like not like doing, even though I have an extensive knowledge in this area, and that is health. We're going to talk about health, physical health. We're not going to talk about all the brain stuff, only as it relates. We're going to talk about how to get healthy, and I'm talking about practical ways, okay? Things you can write down and just start doing that day. Um, we'll talk about nutrition. We'll talk about exercises. Um, y'all can, I know y'all are going to have a lot of questions, and I'm ready for them. So I'm looking forward to that. Because I know that is a very big issue in our community. And it impacts us in so many different ways. I can't even begin to tell you. The, from like literally our whole lifestyle, the way we eat and everything, really contributes to a lot of these, dis, these disorders and diseases we have that are completely um, preventable. And the, the long-term effects on the brain I'm taking care of my second parent. My first parent passed. I took care of her, now I'm taking care of my father. I've seen firsthand what unhealthy lifestyle does. And I'm telling you, I'm fighting for my life. When I go to the gym, when I eat healthy, it's a sacrifice, but I have to do it if I don't wanna be in the same position as my parents. And I don't want to put that on my kids. And I think a lot of us don't want to put that on our kids. We just don't know what to do. So I'm going to talk about that. But before I go, does anybody have any questions or comments? Anybody? Anybody? Any questions or comments? Okay, okay. All right. Well, thank you guys for hanging on. I'll see you next time on LaVoe's Life Lessons. Um, someone says, okay. Someone says, um, gut health, I have digestive issues. What would you recommend? Yes, so tune in um, to next week. I will, that's the thing. I, I am trying out new times. Saturday is, has been getting really crowded around here in the studio, so that's why I'm here on a Tuesday. Um, I will try to do this again next week, this very same time. Follow me if you're not following me already. I can talk about digestive issues. Don't ask me how I know. <laughs> so I said, what was the t today's topic? Today's topic, um, this was the last installment of a series I did on 88, it's on willpower, 88 secrets to self-discipline. And guys, if you go to LeBosLifeLessons.com, all my episodes are there. I'm on Spotify, Audible, every place you can listen to a podcast, I'm on there. But you can go to my website, LeBosLifeLessons.com and see everything there. And just check in and, and see what other episodes I have. Okay. All right. See you guys next time. Bye.
You've been listening to LeBeau's Life Lessons. Let's keep the discussion going. Join us on TikTok and follow. Remember to go to LeBeau'sLifeLessons.com for more episodes.